Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Saturday, September 18th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's charts. We got number one, BTC, $48,505.51 cents, up 2.44%. Ethereum at number two, $3,502.98, up 1.82%. Cardano at number three, $2.40, up 1.93%. Binance Coin number four, $417.66, up 2.40%. Tether number five, 99 cents. XRP number six, $1.09, up 2.47%. Number seven, Solana, $161.79, up 16.95%. Polkadot at number eight, $35.66, up 6.59%. Dogecoin at number nine, $0.24, up 1.02%. And last but not least, number 10, USD coin, $0.99. Let's take a look at the Crypto Fear and Greed Index. So extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So we got now is neutral at 50. Yesterday was neutral at 48. Last week was fear at 31. And last month was greed at 70. Let's take a look at our five articles today. Article number one is e-waste from a single Bitcoin transaction is like throwing away two iPhone 12 minis. Article two, should Bitcoin traders really be concerned about a major market decline? Article number three, El Salvador government to be probed after complaint on Bitcoin and ATM purchases. Article four, can Bitcoin be freed of its energy addiction? And last but not least, the main topic today is what did Jordan Peterson and Maxime Bernier say about Bitcoin and the Austrians? All right. So before we get into the articles, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone that's been listening to the podcast. You can catch me on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And if you're in the YouTube space, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. It does help me out and this channel. All right, let's get into it. Article number one is e-waste from a single Bitcoin transaction is like throwing away two iPhone 12 minis. Yearly, the amount of e-waste produced by the entire Bitcoin network is comparable to that produced by a country like the Netherlands. There's no doubt that cryptocurrency in its current form is bad news for our planet. But while much attention has been paid to crypto's carbon footprint and electrical use, its impact on e-waste hasn't received similar scrutiny until now. A new study out this month in the journal Resources Conversation, Conservation and Recycling has come up with a methodology to estimate how much waste Bitcoin, the market leader in crypto, generates each year. The researchers state that this is due to the short lifespan of Bitcoin mining devices, such as specialized ASIC computer chips, whose sole purpose is to mine Bitcoin. ASIC chips are costly being replaced for newer, more power-efficient ones by miners, according to The Guardian, and are typically are only in use for 1.29 liters. This undoubtedly leads to a whole lot of waste. In fact, the researchers put a number on it. As a result, we estimate that the whole Bitcoin network currently cycles through 30.7 metric kilotons of equipment per year. The researchers wrote, this number is comparable to the amount of small IT and telecommunication equipment waste produced by a country like the Netherlands. While most of us know that a kiloton is no joke, 
it's more than 2.2 million pounds. It can be a bit hard to imagine all that e-waste. The researchers state that each Bitcoin transaction generated at least 272 grams of e-waste, 0.59 pounds. The Guardian broke it down. That's about two iPhone 12 minis worth of e-waste. There were 112.5 million Bitcoin transactions in 2020. In other words, that's millions upon millions of iPhone minis worth of waste per year. If you don't feel bad for our planet before, e-waste can release toxic chemicals and heavy metals into the soil, while improper recycling can cause air and water pollution. I hope you do now. The ASIC chips could, in theory, be used again if Bitcoin prices and profits increase, but there are many barriers that prevent miners from using them again. One factor is the cost from storing the hardware. The researchers point out, additionally, the longer Bitcoin mining devices are stored, the less likely they would ever will be profitable. Nonetheless, the e-waste problem can get worse very fast. It all depends on the price of Bitcoin. The researchers state that considering the peak Bitcoin price levels in 2021, which reached more than $60,000, e-waste could grow to more than 64.4 metric kilotons in the midterm. Tackling Bitcoin's e-waste problem would require swapping the current mining process out for a more sustainable alternative, such as proof of stake, the paper points out. So what do you guys think about this article? E-waste from a single Bitcoin transaction is like throwing away two iPhone 12 minis. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think about this article. All right. Article number two. Should Bitcoin traders really be concerned about a major market decline? Bitcoin has had its ups and downs in 2021. So far, Q1 and Q2 began on a positive note as Bitcoin continued to climb to fresher records every month. On the other hand, Q3 was not so kind to the world's largest digital asset. In May, BTC plummeted by over 50% and battled a bear market that lasted for over two months. Since then, however, Bitcoin has done well to recover. A rally kickstarted in late July and price ceilings of 42K, 44K, and 48K were gradually overcome on the back of strong buying pressure. To stabilize the sporadic jump, a flash crash was seen on 7th September as BTC dropped by 19% from value close to $53,000. Now, some market observers are of the opinion that BTC is entering yet another bear market phase. In some ways, their opinion may be sort of justified too. For instance, the fear and greed index declined from a reading of 78 just last month to its press time value of 48. However, it is important to note that this index did tick up over the past week. In fact, some of BTC's metrics are also starting to flash positive signs, ergo it's perhaps too early to call for a bearish scenario. According to Bitcoin's EMA ribbons, the price is still within a bullish trend. Despite recent corrections, BTC managed to close within the boundaries of these moving average lines, even though a few candlewicks noted strong sell sessions. Moreover, the contracted nature of these bands suggested that a consolidation phase is in effect, as opposed to a bearish trend. In fact, the price is still above the 50% Fibonacci level, which is often considered a key area of bullish control. If the price maintains its current ground, BTC would be on course to challenge the 138.2%, 161.8%, and 200% Fibonacci extensions over the following months. 
for a bearish argument, BTC needs to close below 42K to 40K. This would drag the price to lows seen in June and July. Reasoning? Well, a lot of fears stem from the fact that BTC's RSI has been declining since late July, even though the price has been pushed higher. After all, this is a sign of a weakening trend. However, the RSI is not yet in bearish territory. The index bounced back from 45 and attempted to move back within its up channel, a sign that bulls were resisting selling pressure. Moreover, the squeeze momentum indicator was making its way back towards the half line, an indication that sellers are running out of steam. A green bar followed by white would even offer buy signals for bullish traders. So the conclusion, while there are reasons to fear an extended market decline, such arguments are not warranted just yet. BTC is trading above important areas and its metrics have been improving. If BTC holds its ground, the price would be on course to tackle the 138.2%, 161.8%, and 200% Fibonacci extensions in the coming months. So there you guys have it. Should Bitcoin traders really be concerned about a major market decline? Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. Let's keep on going. Article number three. <clears throat> El Salvador government to be probed after complaint on Bitcoin and ATM purchases. Two points in this article. Number one, El Salvador government face probe after Bitcoin, Bitcoin ATM purchase. Two, El Salvador government has been under fire since Bitcoin law introduction. The El Salvador government is set to be investigated after its recent Bitcoin and Bitcoin ATM purchases. According to Reuters, El Salvador's Court of Accounts will be investigating a complaint about the government's purchase of Bitcoin alongside how the El Salvador government built crypto ATMs. The Court of Account is mandated to check the country's public spending. The court said it got a complaint on the 10th of September from a human rights and transparency group in El Salvador called Cristosal. It noted that firstly, it would carry out the legal analysis report and in a timely manner, forward such report to the general audit coordination. According to the Reuters report, the transparency group asked for an audit of the government's Bitcoin purchases and a review of how the government managed to finance and carry out the construction of crypto ATMs in the country. Bukele's El Salvador government and Bitcoin debacle. It is worth noting that this probe of the El Salvador government is not the first the government would face due to its Bitcoin adoption law. The Bitcoin project has raised ire among human rights activists in and outside of El Salvador. It will be recalled that President Nayib Bukele announced a Twitter post on Tuesday that there are 200 Shiva Bitcoin ATMs up and running in the country and 50 machines installed in the U.S. The president announced this while giving an update to the progress his government has made regarding their Bitcoin law. Apparently, the update by the president drew the ire of the transparency group, which obviously is against the country's Bitcoin law. Days back, Bitcoin was officially recognized as legal tender in the Central American country. Since the country's legislator legalized Bitcoin in the country, the law has been embroiled in controversy. After passing the Bitcoin law, the government has also been accused of intimidating, silencing, and harassing its most vocal critics. 
So what do you guys think about this article? El Salvador government to be probed after complaint on Bitcoin and ATM purchases. Do you think this is all smoke and mirrors or do you think there's some truth to it? Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. All right, before we move on to round two of the articles, I just want to take the time to say thank you to all my supporters. I've been looking at the analytics and I've seen some supporters in the European region, in Africa, and also in South America. I also see some upticks with the Asian market. Uh, a lot of you guys have been listening to the podcast, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, or Google. So thank you so much. And if you're in the YouTube space, please like, share, and subscribe. It does help me out a lot. All right, let's keep on going. Article number four. Can Bitcoin be freed of its energy addiction? Few investment trends have captured the broader imagination in the same way that Bitcoin has. Similarly, few investment rules have overtaken institutional investment strategy as rapidly as ESG or environmental, social, and governance guidelines have. Unfortunately for Bitcoin fans, these two trends appear at loggerheads. Detailing the damage. The environmental harm of Bitcoin and its mining is by no means a novel discovery. Quantifying the damage, however, is difficult. After all, terawatt hours are not a common unit of measure for most people. As a simpler reference, the University of Cambridge's Bitcoin Electricity Consumption Index estimates that the Bitcoin industry consumes about as much electricity as all of the refrigerators in the United States. That is considering a cut in mining activity both as a result of price decreases and shutdowns in Bitcoin's most popular mining destinations like China. Still, Energy consumption spent on mining Bitcoins is only slated to increase by the cryptocurrency's very design. As only 21 million coins are ever supposed to be available, the system gradually increases the computing power needed to mine a single coin, a supply tightens so as to not make all coins immediately available. In terms of the actual use cases, Bitcoin status as purely an investment does little to assuage worries of wasteful energy use. Meanwhile, the idea of use as Bitcoin as a currency is distressing to environmentalists as well. Per a Statista estimate released earlier this week, one Bitcoin transaction uses over 10 times as much energy as 100,000 swipes of Visa card. Quote, at the time Bitcoin was structured, it didn't use much energy. Number of users were small, and climate change wasn't exactly an everyday headline issue yet. Sudhir Rock Senate, head of thought leadership and ESG at Vonatabel Asset Management, told Real Money. So it's a new and big problem for Bitcoin. There's just no way around the fact that it is a carbon expensive thing to do. In that sense, the E and S of ESG seem hard to marry with a secular shift professed by so many Bitcoin evangelists, assessing opportunity costs. Yet, Rock Senate was quick to note that out-of-context assessments of the environmental impacts are, at best, misleading. In the end, he clarified, one must take stock of the opportunity costs associated with Bitcoin's environmental impact. It's really down to whether the energy is surplus or not. He explained, if there really isn't an opportunity cost in utilizing energy for Bitcoin mining, miners can generate some income and then pay tax on the income. That would really be a benefit. 
Roxanne added, however, that the power used would need to be renewable in itself. The negative indirect costs generated by use of fossil fuels like coal to mine Bitcoin, regardless of their surplus nature, would obviously not be compatible with general ESG standards. The arguments presented by Roxanne support the idea that Bitcoin can tap into stranded energy assets or assets that are simply untapped by other industries and therefore wasted. In this sense, common resources are being used and so long as they do not befall a tragedy of the commons scenario and are not inherently environmentally damaging, Bitcoin is not a burden on the economy nor is it a burden on society. Further still, some argue that even the use of some fossil fuels are worthwhile as they are emitting carbon dioxide to absolutely no end in the present system. Elaine Townsend, Senior Vice President and Director of Sustainable, Responsible, and Impact Investing at Bylard, cited the practice of burning excess natural gas emitted as a byproduct of oil exploration, known as flaring, as a key example. Not only is Bitcoin heading down the aisle with energy asset owners, but it could also have a hand in the reduction of gas flaring, he told Real Money. The International Energy Agency calculated that in the year 2018, this gas flaring released about 275 million metric tons of CO2 emissions. That's more than the carbon emissions of the entirety of Argentina. By harnessing this gas surplus for Bitcoin, Townsend estimates that both CO2 and other harmful emissions of volatile organic compounds can be cut dramatically, while actually doing something with the energy rather than burning it into the atmosphere. Still, John Belizaire, CEO of Saluna Computing, a company that primarily seeks to use excess energy to power data centers, argued that Bitcoin's still nascent stage leaves it vulnerable to use case confusion. The technology does not have a purpose and does have a purpose. It is just yet to find its proper place in the world. People can still say, what is Bitcoin really good for? He told Real Money. 3% of global energy is utilized by data centers, three times the amount used by Bitcoin. The difference is that data centers have a clear purpose in society. Belazare surmised that once Bitcoin can achieve this aim and its proponents have long forwarded, namely in upending the current financial system, that itself is not overwhelmingly environmentally friendly. These qualms will be markedly quieter. The question that remains is how quickly it can overcome current questions about its true purpose. So, seeking a solution. However, the end game of shifting the conversation on Bitcoin and therefore the crypto space more broadly in terms of environmental impact might necessitate an even more fundamental shift. In fact, the issue of environmental impact may actually push Bitcoin away from the very protocol that made it so popular in the first place. David Blatt, CEO of financial advisory from Capstack, told Real Money that a major paradigm shift is already in motion on the heels of amplified ESG importance. Many cryptocurrencies are now shifting from proof of work that requires power to mine to proof of stake that does not. He noted, so we will start to see that become of the norm as ESG is very front of mind, particularly for institutional investors that are beginning to adopt crypto. 
The protocols cited by Blatt are worth elaboration. At present, Bitcoin operates its distributed ledger technology via POW, which employs mathematical and cryptographic puzzles to ensure peer-to-peer -peer transactions can be performed sans an arbitrator. Additionally, it protects against Sybil and denial of service attacks. However, the system comes with an inherent flaw, not foreseen as it's an institution. As the currency value and or utility in a POW network increases, the consensus mechanism can be problematic from a sustainability perspective. A recent paper from the UCL Center for Blockchain Technologies explains, this is because as the network becomes more popular and attracts more activity, the difficulty level of the cryptographic puzzle increases, causing higher energy consumption of the network. As a result, many crypto enthusiasts are pursuing alternative authentication systems that might ultimately make ESG and crypto investors arrive at an agreeable solution. Proof of stake, a method endorsed by Ethereum inventor Vitalik Buterin, may be one of the best ways to do this. Rather than computers simultaneously racing to finish line to complete a puzzle, the proof of stake model assigns one validator to the computation who is rewarded with Ether if successful. Bylard's Townsend's explained with this newly adopted proof of stake framework, researchers believe that energy consumption could drop massively to one ten thousandth of the amount needed currently. The recent UCL study affirmed this optimistic outlook in its research model while offering a critical message to the overall crypto industry. Applying this model to six different POS-based distributed ledger technology, DLT Systems confirms the hypothesis and shows that their energy consumption per transaction is indeed at least three orders of magnitude lower than that of Bitcoin. The study concluded, these results can be understood as an urgent call for the modernization of POW systems and a shift towards POS, as well as a recommendation to practitioners to consider appropriate energy-saving hardware. In a still nascent industry of sorts that purports to change essentially the entire world, perhaps it should have been anticipated that the industry itself was likely to be in a, for a few of its own changes. Wow, what an article. What do you guys think about this? Can Bitcoin be freed of its energy addiction? Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. Even Bitcoin's biggest bulls realize environmental concerns could curtail adoption, but is there an answer? Do you guys have an answer? Comment down below. All right, let's take a look at the main topic for today. It is, what did Jordan Peterson and Maxime Bernier say about Bitcoin and the Austrians? The Bitcoinization of Jordan Peterson is a go. The famed psychologist and media personality had a Canadian politician as a guest in his podcast and couldn't help but touch on a subject. And Maxime Bernier was right there with him, which led to a brief discussion about Austrian economics. Even though both Peterson and Bernier are controversial figures, they're a mainstream as it gets. This isn't Bitcoiners preaching to the choir. As if he was walking through a minefield, Jordan Peterson approached the subject carefully and in a non-commodal way. 
quote, the crypto the cryptocurrency types, you know, the people who are pushing Bitcoin in particular, make the extraordinarily radical claim that it would be better for everyone if the entire business of money was taken out of the hands of government permanently. And that's essentially what Bitcoin allows, at least at the present time. They continue to talk about Austrian economics, central banking, and monetary policy. Surprisingly, for everyone not familiar with the politician, Maxime Bernier agrees that flashes his Austrian economics credentials. Peterson follows the breadcrumbs and asks him about that. Bernier answers, quote, I believe, yes, the cycles that we have, the ups and downs in the economy, is because of the central bank. Money is everywhere, and if you create too much money out of thin air, you'll have inflation and distortion in the economy and the boom and the bust and that we have. So I 100% agree with Mises, Rothbard, Hayek, and these economists. So who is Maxime Bernier? In this episode, Dr. Peterson is joined by the Honorable Maxime Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada, PPC, former MP of BIOS and candidate for the Prime Ministership of Canada. In 2017, Maxime Bernier tried to win the head of the Conservative Party, but he failed. The next year, they removed him from the official opposition shadow cabinet. Later that year, he founded the People's Party of Canada. In 2019, the novel party didn't do so well. Cut to 2021, and the People's Party of Canada is suddenly on everyone's radar. Quote, with protests against COVID-19 public health measures growing, Bernier had tapped into a deep well of resentment about the way Canadians have had to live in the past 18 months and fears about what the next months will look like. He quotes, 6% is not an impressive figure unto itself and it's likely the party will not win a single parliamentary seat. Yet, the Green Party won zero seats and 4.3% of the popular vote in the 2004 general election and was nevertheless swiftly institutionalized by the media, proclaimed one of Canada's major parties. So what does Jordan Peterson think about Bitcoin? The Canadian psychologist learned from the best. He had four of the brightest minds in the Bitcoin space explaining everything to him, and he got most of it on the very first try. We at Bitcoinist broke down the episode, took notes, and transformed them into these analyses. After listening carefully, Peterson synthesizes those ideas in a quote for the ages. Whatever energy is expended in the production of Bitcoin and the maintenance of the system should be more than recoupled by the increased efficiency of every system that uses Bitcoin as a transactional device. Boom. If we take that into account, there will be a net energy gain and not a net energy loss if you calculate it across the entire system. That conversation sparked the Maxime Bernier one, one of Canada's biggest stars about Bitcoin in good light with a major political candidate. Who would have thought? So there you guys have it. Comment down below if you ever followed Jordan Peterson and what do you think about this article? What did Jordan Peterson and Maxime Bernier say about Bitcoin and the Austrians. All right. So there you guys have it. Let's go to the prices one more time before we head off. At number one, BTC is at $48,352. Ethereum, $3,473. Cardano, $2.39. Binance, $2.39. 
Binance coin, $415. Tether, $0.99. XRP, $1.08. Solana, $161. Polkadot, $35. Dogecoin, $0.24. And last, USD coin, $0.99. All right. Thank you so much for making it this far into the podcast and the YouTube video, everyone. I appreciate all the love and support you've been giving me the past few weeks and months. Again, help me out. Uh, leave a rating and a review on the Apple, Spotify, or Google podcast. And if you're in the YouTube space, like, share, comment, and subscribe. So I hope you guys have a good crypto day, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.